IWF is launching a campaign to help explain some of the issues surrounding end-to-end encryption. Encryption helps protect our privacy online. We use it to protect banking details, keep medical information from leaking, and to keep private conversations private. But end-to-end encryption is different. It goes much further. On social media, for example, it would mean messages can only ever be seen by the sender and receiver. Even the company itself would not be able to spot and prevent potentially harmful material, including child sexual abuse material, from being shared without detection. Right now, we are at a legislative and social crossroads. We have the opportunity to introduce safeguards for privacy online, which also makes sure children are kept safe and criminal content is not given a free pass to proliferate in private. I'm joined today by the IWF's Chief Technical Officer, Dan Sexton, and Mike Tunks, Head of Public Affairs and Policy at the IWF. Welcome both. Dan, does scanning for child sexual abuse material in messaging services compromise the privacy of users? No, this is already in use in many encrypted, but not end-to-end encrypted spaces. And it's done in a very focused, very targeted way, which doesn't and should not compromise user privacy. The way that hashing works, which is dominantly the way we use to detect known content, is when someone is uploads a file, turns that file into numbers, and it compares those numbers against a list of numbers of known child sexual abuse imagery. At that point, that service can take an action, like blocking it. Now, that doesn't compromise user privacy. There's no, no information that the service or anyone else should learn about that. And actually, you can design those systems and improve those systems to reduce the amount of information that is known and leaked. So it can be very, very targeted. That specific use case of just blocking that known content without compromising uh, user privacy in any way. Well, why are we having this conversation now? What is the urgency with this debate? Why is it in the news so much? I think that the urgency of this is the debate is that increasingly, I think that we are becoming more aware of the problem, more aware of the scale of the problem. And if you look at the statistics from IWS reports, uh, our annual report, you'll see this problem appears to be getting worse and worse. And I think it's it's really positive to see regulators in the UK and the EU start to take action here uh, to improve that and address that issue. And I think that's why it's become an issue both for uh, regulators and tech companies. Mike, uh, there have been concerns that the online safety bill currently going through the parliament here in the UK could in some way undermine privacy. What does the legislation actually say here? So the legislation essentially, as Dan has outlined, says that assisted companies must employ systems and processes to detect child sexual abuse material. And that is wherever it occurs. So even if that provider has an end-to-end encrypted platform, basically they will be required to utilise technology to identify child sexual abuse material. This technology will be accredited by Ofcom, which is the regulator for this, and they will have the power to issue use of technology notices where companies aren't complying with that. So this is where there will be a list of approved providers that Ofcom will say to companies they must be required to use and detect within those environments. Is the UK uh, an outlier here or are other people in the world, we're looking at Europe, we're looking further afield, are other people looking to introduce legislation in this space? So the European Commission's proposed a regulation laying down rules to prevent and combat child sexual abuse online. And it's very similar to the UK regulation. So we'll be moving from a voluntary regime in the EU of detection to a mandatory one. And again, mandatory detection orders that are going to be introduced as part of that legislation don't discriminate on where companies should be deploying scanning technology or or, or technology. So again, the Commission is essentially saying companies must 
detect child sexual abuse no matter where it occurs, whether that's in an end-to-end encrypted environment or elsewhere on their platform. And if they don't, they'll be hit with a detection order requiring them to detect that content. So very similar approach in the EU being proposed as to the UK's online safety bill. Yeah, in the policy debate in Europe, we've heard calls for a specific carve-out for end-to-end encryption. But uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? So in the same way that we shouldn't be overly prescriptive on different types of technology and primary legislation. And there's a whole a whole host of reasons why. I mean, we see primary legislation comes around uh, once every 10 years, um, and we don't want to be constantly amending primary legislation. Legislation needs the ability to keep up with technical developments. And we're already hearing already about, you know, AI and the metaverse and, and other sorts of technology that may be coming down the track that we need to think of in the future. So what we're saying is that the proposal needs, both in the online safety bill, and also in the European Commission's proposal is to be tech neutral. So creating specific carve-outs for specific technologies um, is is not helpful and is not the way that we want to be uh, approaching this. So end-to-end encryption should not be put up on a pedestal in the same way that any other technology shouldn't um, either. And I think the point I would make is why now is end-to-end encryption being seen as, you know, as the thing that we must have to preserve privacy at, at all costs when we've managed just fine without it on social media for, for a number of years. Um, and and I think what, why now is this suddenly the biggest issue out there? So we really want to see that the legislation remains tech neutral and that we're able to tackle child sexual abuse in all its forms wherever it occurs online. And you know, obviously we're coming at this from the perspective of the Internet Watch Foundation. We, I mean, our raising detra is to find and remove child sexual abuse material from the internet. We've published data recently, which has seen that we're seeing that not only is there more and more of this material uh, being shared online, uh, but it's also getting more severe. Dan, I wonder if you could tell me a little bit. You know, if more and more spaces are end-to-end encrypted, what you think the impact for organisations like the IWF could be? It's very concerning for the IWF. Our mission, our vision is a, a, a safer internet for all and an internet is free of child sexual abuse material. A big part of how we achieve that mission is providing data on known images and videos to industry so they can detect and block that content to prevent it from being uploaded, saved, shared and distributed. And right now, no one is doing that in end-to-end encrypted messaging service. And that's deeply concerning for us. So for the IWF, when we find content online of children, when a child reports content of themselves to us, we want to be able to say to those children, to those victims, that their content will be found and it will be blocked across the internet. And right now we can't do that with end-to-end encrypted services. And that's very concerning for us and very concerning for for those children. Just explain it to me if you can, because I mean, There is a difference here between encryption, when we're talking about this, between encryption and end-to-end encryption. Everybody wants encryption. I use encrypted devices. Everybody uses encrypted apps because I don't like the idea of of, of whoever being able to access my messages. I want protection for private messages. I think everybody does. But how is end-to-end different? Really, can you explain to me why, why would we need this technology? Why would you want it? What are the pros and cons of this? What difference would it make to my life if all of my apps were end-to-end encrypted? Well, encryption is an essential and crucial part of the internet. So the ability to communicate with others uh, uh, and send traffic over effectively as crowded space of the internet without third parties, unauthorized access, accessing your data, encryption is absolutely crucial to that and is used across the internet for all sorts of services. The difference with end-to-end is that the the service provider that also cannot see has no access to that content. So it's only the sender and receiver. Um, And while that sounds like a good idea, the way that we prevent 
and detect harmful content at the moment relies on those service providers to be able to check that traffic and say, ah, in this case, with a hash uh, services, we can see this number, this this file is being transmitted. We know that file is an image of child sexual abuse, and we're going to take action on that. As soon as you go to end-to-end, they can no longer see that. They can no longer interfere with that traffic, and they can't prevent that content from being distributed. Right. So it, although it, end-to-end has the capability of improving privacy by preventing data leaks or breaches by the service provider at the service provider level, the impact on their ability to keep their users safe is what's most concerning for us. That being said, there's no reason why uh, detection services of the type we've been talked about could not be made to be compatible with end-to-end encryption. So it's the, currently the way end-to-end encryption is, has been used is the biggest concern, not the actual end-to-end encryption itself as far as the detection and blocking of child sexual abuse material. I'd like to pick up on something you said there, I mean, about the technologies existing. Do you see a technological solution that can resolve this situation? Is there a way to to balance the two concerns that will help protect children without undermining privacy? Do you see that there is technology that can be used here? I do. And I, and I think we've already seen examples of this. Um, it really depends on how and where you do this and the methods you use. So while you can't, a service provider may lose the ability to see traffic uh, going through their systems and being hosted on their services at the point that somebody presses upload file there's no reason why that file cannot be checked and cannot be blocked and prevented from being uploaded and added into that end-to-end encrypted ecosystem. And we've seen examples of that already, and we know that's quite possible to do. And we've also seen examples of usage of those sorts of technologies in other areas like anti-malware and phishing to protect users. So we know it's there, and we know they've been done in a non-intrusive way without compromising user privacy. And that's what we'd really like to do, to be to see uh, companies and industry adopting services which continue to detect and block, keep children safe without compromising user privacy. I think both these things are not incompatible and I think there can be a balance found. So to be clear, this wouldn't be a person sat in their office reading through messages. There would be a huge amount of hurdles that this technology would have to overcome before it became it came in front of a human moderator. And this technology would be, you said, more akin to a virus guard. It would be a wholly digital solution. Absolutely. And I think there's more than one option of how to do this. It's not a binary choice here. If you're running a private messaging service, which allows media, images and videos to be shared, then you can check those images and videos. There's no reason for them to be looking at messages and content and words. It's just, in our case, child sexual abuse is images and videos of children that have been sexually abused. And there's no reason why that can't, couldn't and shouldn't be addressed in a privacy-preserving way. Um, and we've seen lots of examples of technology where people have leveraged encryption to be able to detect and take action on content without exposing unnecessary information about users, at which point you haven't compromised user privacy, but you have enabled uh, child protection and user safety. And Mike, legislators have a very fine balance to strike here. What do you see as the resolution or potential resolution for lawmakers who are looking to do the right thing but need to satisfy so many different criteria? So I think it's really positive to see that lawmakers both in the UK and the European Union seem very strong on this issue in the sense that 
they've obviously proposed this going forward in the legislation. So my message to them would be to hold their nerve on these issues and ensure that we can do all that we can to tackle child sexual abuse wherever it occurs on the internet, whether that's end-to-end encrypted environments and the open internet, where, of course, we remove so much of the, the content that we see at the IWF or, you know, in the areas that law enforcement are more active in around the dark web. Um, you know, this this content is illegal, it's abhorrent, and we are talking about the sexual abuse of babies, toddlers appearing in this imagery, and it cannot be right that we allow that content to freely and openly circulate on the internet. You know, when we talk about privacy, children have a right to privacy, and they also have a right to ensure that they grow up in a world free from child sexual abuse and exploitation. And these are clearly established agreements through the UN Sustainable Development Goals um, and through other articles of association through the United Nations and other international standard setting bodies. So there really shouldn't be any debate about this. And we should be absolutely clear that children have those rights and organisations like the IWF exist so that we can prevent the material that is already circulating that shouldn't be there from circulating. And it's and it's really, really important that legislators hold their nerve on this issue. Brilliant. Thank you, Mike. It seems clear that deploying end-to-end encryption in communication and social media platforms without first making sure children are protected would put children at risk. Care must be taken to ensure it doesn't bypass the tools technology companies are using to detect child sexual abuse content. Tech companies have a great opportunity to take a balanced opportunity to use a privacy and child safety in social media and messaging platforms. But we need to see industry leaders exploring alternative methods to improve user safety and privacy before adopting end-to-end encryption. Thanks to my guests today, Dan Sexton and Mike Tunks, and thank you for listening. 